We are hard at work getting season 10 of the Lennon Courtney podcast ready for you. But in the meantime, we thought you might like to hear one of our favorite episodes from season nine again. In this episode, we looked at judgment and I shared an experience my daughter had that I took a stand on. Once you've listened, don't forget to follow at Lennon Courtney on all socials for the latest news from LCHQ direct from us. See you soon and thanks for listening. What happened was my daughter uh, about eight months ago started a course of Roaccutane, which is um, an acne medication that you've Take been it. on. You've, you, you took it very successfully and without side effects. Yeah. Apart from a slight. Well, I was very, very war- war- I was warned about side effects. I had chafing ties, but I don't think it was that to do with your <laughs> <laughs> It's the weekend that was in it. <laughs> It's not, it's not funny, gone. So anyway. Um, <laughs> Busy weekend. So, but Evie would have been aware of uh, other other kids in her school, in her class that have... Evie is how old? Evie's 17. Right. Um, so we kind of both went into this treatment of Roaccutane with eyes open. And, and by the way, Evie knows that I posted about it before I posted about it. And she's, no, you know, she, she knows I'm talking about it. So that's fine. Um... But uh, so I posted and I, I told the story of what happened, which was that basically side effects of Roaccutane are very brutal. They include uh, low mood, anxiety, depression, um, suicidal, suicidal yeah. ideation. Uh, there's, there's, lo- there's lots of things um, and uh, lots to watch out for. One of them is that if you become pregnant on Roaccutane, Pregnancy is not viable, and apparently the the effects to the fetus is are horrendous. Right now, I haven't gone into particular detail with that, but what it means basically is when you start as a woman, and um, when you start uh, Roaccutane, you have to sign a pledge, which is to either abstain from sexual activity or to take two courses of um, contraception, two two separate courses of contraception. Whatever, um, which Evie reminded me that she did have to sign that pledge. I'd forgotten that. So before she gets her prescription renewed every month, she has to present a negative pregnancy test to the dermatologist God. to prove that she's not pregnant. It's all okay? very personal, isn't it? Well, it's 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 yeah, it is. Yeah, you know. But this is this is this is the reality for any woman who's on Roaccutane. Um and. Uh, over the course of the eight months, um, Evie's been going in and getting her, her own pregnancy kits. Um, and th- there's always a story. Like, there's always a story of somebody who passed a comment or smirked or, you know, folded the arms. And, you know, she she has said herself that quite often it's older customers who see her. And it, she said it's really evident that they're making some form of judgment. Now... Evie's a very strong character. She has continued to go in and get the pregnancy test. And this is one of the things I think that really resonated with people over the post, that she had the fortitude to not be shamed out of an action which she needed to do. Um, and for us then, the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back was she went in to get a pregnancy test and a member of staff in the pharmacy kind of did a bit of a side head tilt and a little smirk to her colleague about... Evie getting the pregnancy test. Evie came home and she said, I, you know, I'm used to this, but I'm not used to it from a member of staff. And for me then, that was just... Enough. 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 And I said, okay, Eve, I'm going in to talk to them. And and f- for me, the purpose of going in to talk to them was to not to give out to them, 
because I don't think these are bad people at all. Um, but to say, look, you don't know all the facts and none of us know all the facts about anybody. We only see the bit above the waterline. We only see the top of the iceberg. I said, my daughter was made to feel humiliated for doing something that she has to do for a medical condition. I said, and it's not fair. And I really want you to talk to all your colleagues about this and to say, you know, we shouldn't do that or we have to check ourselves. And back to that checking yourself. Heteros checking themselves. Honestly. Yeah. Well, it it just sounds so old fashioned. It sounds like a scene from a movie. But doesn't it? Here's the thing, right? So we all judge. Yeah. Every single day. And a lot of people so the the post got, you know, quarter of a million views. Like hundreds of comments from people yeah, but talking the, the about mainstream media picked up on it and everything. The mainstream media picked up on it. So <laughs> it, it touched a nerve and it touched a nerve with people from a different couple of different perspectives. Um from the point of view of Roaccutane and how um brutal it is and, and how to navigate that medically. And to be careful basically. To be careful, to to really keep an eye on people, keep line of conversation open. Touched a nerve in terms of um e- Evie's ability to stand up to judgment, that that was a really big theme, and and Which actually is kind of amazing. It is amazing, and Good for you, <laughs> no, yeah, because we, to you. yeah, it is because if you felt embarrassed and shamed, you could no, 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 internalize that. that. I'm, that not being, I'm not being funny. Yeah. I think that is yeah. amazing. Well, and strong. I, I spoke to somebody about this only this morning, and I was talking about the fact that if we infantilize our children as they reach adulthood we're not doing them any favours so I could have gone in and I could have got the pregnancy test so they might have been looking at me funny as well but <laughs> you know uh, but I wanted her to do it and if she had if she had if I didn't think she'd had the fortitude I would have I would have stood I would have gone in with her and stood back and let her do it but but had her back physically but she was okay she was, and, and actually, it's been a phenomenal lesson for her um, in terms of standing up for herself and, and, and owning her own actions. So some people caught up, you know, that really kind of touched a nerve in terms of Evie's reaction to things. But the other piece was general judgment and shaming. Um, Which we're all so used to. Listen, we do it. I, I, I did, I, I told you before, I did the um, Harvard implicit bias test and turns out I am biased against women in the workplace in favour of men in the workplace. Like, wow. that just doesn't make any sense. Like, my life's work is about creating equitable workplaces for women. And yet, the DNA of my social conditioning is in there to say that men belong in the workplace more than women. Wow. wow. So we all judge. Yeah. And and sometimes we're aware of judgments and sometimes we're not. And ju- the, the act of judgment is necessary for us to make decisions. Of course. So, to judge if something's safe or unsafe, you have to judge if, if it, and you have to judge a distance to cross the road. You have to, so judgment. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Here's an interesting one for you before you jump in there. And we ran a story. Spanish government have run a poster campaign called The Beaches for Everyone, right? Have you seen this? Yeah. And it's a, a cartoon depiction of five very diverse women on a beach. And one, they're all very diverse in, in shape and form and one woman is standing facing the, the, the sketch it's a, it's, a, mm. it's an illustration and she's very obviously had a mastectomy mm. and it's saying the beach is for everyone let's stop body shaming each other blah 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 and and I, I ran the story and I was like isn't this amazing here here we should do this in Ireland blah 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 and then it was picked up by the press in Spain after it ran saying actually it's not diverse and you're 
condescending to women. Like, what's this about? Why are we women being told? Why aren't there men in that picture? Mm. Why? Why is it? Just, and I was like, God, we were just so sidelined by the diverse nature of the picture. We didn't actually go. Well, why is? Why isn't it properly diverse? Even it's not even gender diverse. The image. The image is poor women are shamed. Do you know what I mean? In mm. in, in its own way, trying to be non-judgmental. Mm. It was actually judgmental. Creating its own judgments. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. But sure, I, I was in a, a, a cafe with the kids the other day and, and uh, we had a really beautiful meal. Um, and uh, I said something, uh, you know, I said that this is absolutely fabulous to the waitress. Um, uh, and I said, will you give, uh, will you give the chef our compliments? But in some way I, ge- I gendered him. Please give him our compliments. And the kids are like, oh, <laughs> Looks like you glued the bias really, back together but, again. But, but once you've used the word human instead of man or woman and they yeah. instead of he and she, you're kind of covered. And I can say they much easier now. I say they uh, all the yeah, time. It's, it's Tell still them a, I said thanks. Tell them I said hi. Yeah, yeah. It definitely helps. It's not easy to get into the habit of it and I've tripped myself up a few times. Oh, totally. I'll do all the time. Um, but that's okay too. I only open my mouth to change feet. <laughs> <laughs> but the, when I was researching this judgment piece... Um, a quote that I really, really loved was, we do not see things as they are. We see them as we are. And we're back. We do not see things as they are. We see them as we are. Yeah, so that's... That makes total sense. Also, and it's, in. So it's So it's all subjective and all in context. We bring everything mm. to our judgments and it's everything within us. Mm. Everything that we've experienced, mm. everything that we've been taught to believe as normal. Or as I say, in Ireland, when we say something mean, if you're being judgy, and we've, we've said this a million times, what are you messing? And that makes it okay. That makes it okay. Well, it doesn't make it okay. It's like if you have to start a sentence with, with respect. <laughs> you're, you're on a high of nowhere, yeah. Yeah, you're already losing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, because even if you look at the kind of, the research... Uh, in sort of psychological circles around this. Um, So, rational choice theory states that individuals... So go back, it's called rational choice theory. Yeah. Okay. So so this this is why we make judgments. Oh. Okay. So behind the judgment is, well, it's being questioned. Me! (laughs) (laughs) So rational choice theory states that individuals use self-interests to make choices that will provide them with the greatest benefit. So it's a kind of a primal thing that all of our judgments. So, so say, for example, somebody was being judgy in, in an environment. They might do that because they think that it's what's expected of them by that particular social group. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, as when I first came out and you're with a load of young gays, being bitchy and quippy is what you, is what you do. It's expected of you. And it's exhausting. It's exo- and in fact, you have some people that all you have is this bitchy, quippy relationship because it's expected to you. And it's based on judgment. It's based mm-hmm. on, I think it comes from the fact that you've come out, you've been so bullied and shamed in school in the 80s that when you meet a group like you, you get to sneer back at everybody else. Yeah, and that's interesting. Yeah, two wrongs don't make it right. Um, well, here's, let me give you my stinking hot facts. I'll give you one. Supporting what you said. Are they stinking, steaming hot facts? <laughs> They're stim. Yeah, they are. <laughs> exactly. First of all, Judge Judy is worth 440 million. I just wanted to put that in there. I actually do often say, 
in my family let's just think about what Judge Judy would do here if you're trying to sort of figure something out because she does always my dad was obsessed with her mm. and in his later years and you know you get them suck, get sucked in she is quite rational with people yeah. you watch a lot of Judge Judy the days are long but the nights uh, stretch on <laughs> <laughs> so affirmative <laughs> um, no I don't uh, so the, there's a thing called the positive negativity asymmetry what? This, Exactly. The positive negativity asymmetry by Yukan Zhao said almost no one is immune from being negatively judgmental. I mean, you can have the best, most positive upbringing, but it's just in us. We seem to be more ready to judge others based on negative information than on positive information, yeah. which is the positive and negative asymmetry effect. For example, in research, when a person was described with both favourable trait and an unfavourable trait, test participants would rate the person as slightly unfavourable rather than neutral. So it's just we are we are just primed to see the glasses half empty in your stick. And is that a, is that does that come from a primal instinct about safety, about whether or not I can trust him with my the the chicken leg I just found on the ground? Is he going to beat me up and take it off me? Mm. Must be right. Yeah, no, totally, yeah. totally. But here's another thing, right? Uh, what what's your nickname for me? Pollyanna. Pollyanna. So here's <laughs> the thing, right? So if you tend to see people through rose-coloured glasses, say moi, you can be high in agreeable you might be considered high in agreeableness right a per- personality trait characterised by warmth kindness and empathy perhaps surprisingly not surprisingly agreeable people like to see other people positively okay yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. fair mm-hmm. all, all present and correct focusing on their good qualities and giving them the benefit of the doubt when they behave badly yeah you okay that's me Researchers have recently challenged what they call the Pollyanna myth. (laughs) The idea that agreeable people are blinded by their positive outlook. In fact, agreeable people have no trouble recognising and disapproving of harmful behaviour, especially when it involves communal transgressions such as selfishness or coldness. Coldness, they're just less likely to show it. Yeah, no, I believe that about you. I think you can see it, but I think you know it's nothing to do with you. Move on. Uh, and I think it's a gift that you've given me. You, you, the first time you said to me, somebody was being bitchy in this situation somewhere, or mean because of what we do or whatever. And you said, imagine being in that head. And that phrase for me is because it's not your stuff. Mm. There's, there's actually somebody in another job in another life being quite mean to me. And it's just they're jealous. And it's happening now. Happening right now in my life, yeah. And it's really obvious. So and I'll tell you over a glass of wine later on, but and it's not important. It's not even resonating with me because I'm fine and I'm flying and I'm pissing them off that I'm flying. Yeah. And I can feel it. And I'm just like, oh, imagine being in that head. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you, you've shaken me up with it a few times when people have been circling me or circling us or being mean to us. It could be some stupid bloody awards thing we got sucked into or something that we're like, why are we here? You know, because it wouldn't be in our make up to want to even sit there and, and you've gone relax we're here now mm. doesn't matter about us and mm. you go oh yeah it's just a, so you have a great way to go Teflon about it and mm. go right I can see it I can see they're being assholes but that's not about me Yeah. and why would I take it on it's such a gift to not take that judgement on so it's never I've never thought Sonia's walking through life completely unaware of how everybody but, but I know you can hear it and you see it but you just go Boom, not me not for yeah. me it's a gift it's a real gift where did you get that from? Because your mum's a bit sensitive, wasn't she? Uh, my mum would be sensitive. My dad is very zen. Yeah. My dad is very zen. He's very open-minded, very... Um, He's able to see the wood for the trees, isn't he? I often? think yeah. so. Yeah. I think so. I think so. He'd, and, that, he'd and say I, that's I, not about you, that's about them. Yeah, yeah, but I think also it's it's as you move through life. And I think, like, we've been in some horrendous scrapes. You know, her, like, her, we've been through 
you know, trauma in business and stuff like that, like really awful times. I, I thought you were going to die in front of me. You know, I thought I was going to lose it. Uh, not good. Not good. I know I will never go back there. I will never willingly let things get that horrendous again. Yeah. You know, it's just not worth it. And, yeah. and, 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 and so their choices, back to choice theory, their choices that we make. So you have a situation. What is your response going to be? That is within your control. The situation may not be in your control, but your response to it is. And I suppose that's, um, that's what, what, what shapes your judgments as well. I, I, yeah, look, we all do it. We all do it. And, and the post, going back to the post, the post was around asking people to just take a second, take a breath. Because you don't know what's going on with people. You just don't know. And it's like that, you know, certainly for me, you know, people cutting me out in traffic, people not saying thank you if you let them out. I'm like, that's okay. So I, I, I talked to a woman the other day who, like that, when she was seven years of age, was accused of stealing money from a desk in the teachers and all the other kids ganged up and said she did it and her parents believed them. And she blamed her alcoholism on that moment in her life. Oh my gosh. And yeah, she said it stayed with her and she was only seven and it was like her world fell apart because she wasn't guilty of this thing. But she said because of the time in life, because of doctrine and dogma in church and her mother was saying, just tell the truth, just tell it. And she said she, she came back from Australia, she got into her car and she went straight to the, the principal's office at, at 24 years of age. And she's in her 40s now. And she said she didn't think she'd still be there. But she was still there. And she said, you know what completely shifted her mindset? The principal didn't remember a jot of it. Not a bit of it. Not a bit of it. And it, it did help. It alleviated her going, nobody cares anymore. It's not important. I held on to that for so long. But children do hold on to that judgment. Like, that is... Uh, it's just made me think, like, so, you know, I've gone through a programme of sessions with uh, an executive coach recently. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's only in retrospect, looking back at that, that I realise how valuable it's been. And like a lot of people have said to me, you you have a coach? I'm like, yes, because we all need it. Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. all absolutely need it. And and so I was holding on to judgments in, in the back filing cabinet of my brain about people, really important people to me, that were negative narratives there, that were without the right context. Yeah. And the minute I was able to reframe that, it, it then becomes an exercise in forgiveness. Yeah. Forgiving the person for for whatever it is they did or didn't do. Forgiving you for making the judgment in the first place. Mm. And just letting it go. I know we've done let it go before. You can go back and have a listen to that as well. But all of these judgments... um whether they're incidental judgments in our day-to-day life or whether they're stored judgments yeah. based on our upbringing, they can be very negative. So just to, to de-Pollyanna it a little bit, right? Um, so there's people in your life, say, for example, my mother who I love dearly and I, I look after and care for and it's all that, but she ain't going to change, right? So I'm I'm trying to be non-judgmental in a room with somebody who just... it's it's ingrained in them and I think that's a, that's the big challenge for people is that when you love people and care for people and want to be with people who are not changing or evolving or opening their mind to being less judgmental less critical of themselves even or other people around them so that's a challenge mm-hmm. I find that actually uh, say for my mother behaves a certain way that's a generation of women I'm writing a book about it who had no choices they're just they, they had dogma and doctrine dictate and it was too late by the time that, well it wasn't and they spent late. their late lives being shamed oppressed and shamed and then they woke up in their 50s and said what the fuck no and they took their lives back but they took their lives back whole 
selfishly, yeah. quickly. Yeah. And, and, and so it knocked a few people off their stilts around them. Yeah. And that's a generational thing. And I forgive them, right? And I understand them. And I forgive the trauma it caused our childhood. 100%. But day to day... It's hard. It's hard. And how do you, how do you work with someone else's judgments? And you can feel them, but you're, you're like, you're not changing. You're not evolving. And you can't. You know what I mean? And that's, that's a challenge. Like, you'll work with somebody and you love them or you enjoy the fun with them. Just to Esther. Say, but you can feel their judgment. Yeah. And, and they're not going to change, right? So that day to day where you have to go, nine, say you worked on a till in a supermarket and the factual Maria over here, and Maria's a judgy bitch, but she's funny and you like her. But you have to listen to her judgments all day. Mm. That's hard, isn't it? Mm. Like, that, that's real life. Like, we can let it go, but working on yourself to constantly let it go yeah. you have to let go out of the room you know you yeah. have to get away and from it's it. about minimising exposure that's to it. people who create that negative judgement um, or get away from them yeah well I think that's it yeah. or let them know that but it, it, I know really I'm saying we're saying all these suggestions but in practicality if you're sitting beside Marie on the till for eight hours a day you might be like it's hard but you can go just go I, someone, in rela- it was related to something else but someone said if someone says something I think the sky is green and p- cows are blue whatever you go I disagree now what? Like, just go, I don't agree with you and just be really, just cut it well, off. Well, it's even sort of more harrowing than that. After, during my gay bitch more years. More harrowing, harrowing than, a, than blue a blue cow. cow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd like to hear this. D- during my gay bitch years, I was in work in something, I don't even know what I was working on. A young woman who I loved working with, whoever it was, researcher, producer, or whatever, just made the comment, Jesus, what do you say about us when we leave the room? And I got that <laughs> hit me really hard. I look like a real two-faced fucking bitch because I'm going your woman fucking woman the jacket on your woman over there or whatever trying to be funny but using bitchiness to be funny which is a very it's the bottom of the barrel of humour by the way satire being bitchy about people and it's easy (laughs) it's easy you can call people fat ugly you can shame people privately and it's gas for a minute but it's actually really mean Mm. and other people go oh my god that guy's really mean so the, the person who comes off worse is the mean person and I learned that really hard. I thought I was being funny and what I was doing was deflecting and being insecure and trying to yeah. just make my way in the world. It was only And 12. paper over the cracks in a way because you can't, you can't make a judgment about somebody, about something, unless it lives within and you, so unless when someone, you, when you, you recognise it in yourself. When someone does that in front of me, I look straight at them and mm. say, oh God, what's going on in there? Yeah. You're not mm. feeling good about yourself today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Except for when we judge the Kardashians because that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> They've got planes and they're loaded and yeah, who cares? I wonder what we could do though. I wonder what we could do practically to have like a kind of a safe word around you. I was just about to say safe word. Yeah. Like what what is it? Is it is Slipknot Slipknot just came into my head. That's the word that's weird. Wet leg. Was oh chafing thighs again. (laughs) Full circle. Full circle. Um, But isn't it, it, wouldn't it be interesting, Don't you know, to, me, my thighs are <laughs> to kind of be able to check ourselves um, to say, OK. No. Well, I, I regularly notice when I'm doing it and, and do sort of that, go, oh, that's not. You that, turn. Yeah, well, that's not, well, why am I thinking like that? Yeah. That, and that, and you go, that's my stuff. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's just getting older and wiser. You go, oh, that's just my stuff. I'm just thinking. But I think it also takes mental energy and time. And so sometimes we're so busy. I think the speed of our lives has a huge amount to do with it, that you don't have time to reflect on your judgments and your actions. You're too bloody busy. You just need to move on, make the decision. I'm really, really enjoying this conversation because it's really, it does really speak to me personally of coming through a teenage 
oh, eye roll into a redefine myself as a gay man, being bitchy, working in a hairdressing salon, working in fashion, which is notoriously bitchy, even though I don't think we've ever encountered. Not really. No, it's never been, it's always been kind of kooky for us, yeah. hasn't it? Um, and people expect you to be bitchy as well with it. And actually, real fashion people are really creative and kind of... And inclusive, and actually. And inclusive yeah. and quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so, and then media, people assume, is going to be really bitchy and it's not just people trying to get on and yeah. some freelancers trying to survive, mostly. Mm-hmm. So I suppose the perception is that you would be from a kind of a bitchy, judgmental background. And then just to completely contradict myself, I'm instinctively quite judgmental, as you know. It's mm. just in my DNA from my dad was very judgmental, past remarkable. And what I find interesting about you, and I, I, I love it about you, is that, you know, you, w- you will take a shortcut, but you're so able to U-turn on that shortcut. And actually, all it ever takes, and I call it in the circle, outside the t- circle, <laughs> all it ever takes is a little bit of a more... Uh, a little bit of a deeper conversation with the person to understand the whole human instead yeah. of the initial judgment. Yeah. And you're sold. You're right down the river on the paddling that canoe into happy land. So what Sonia's being polite about, I will meet people in a stressful situation or a thing and they'll be kind of rude maybe or stand up or busy or their mother's dying or whatever. And I'll make a judgment go, that person's rude or mean or bitchy. And Sonia goes, okay, okay. And then I'll go and sit beside them on a bus somewhere and come back and say, good, she's, is she in the circle now? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's happened a hundred times. I don't know. I but wasn't counting. I, one thing I do like about myself, and that's something, I don't know where that comes from, is an absolute ability to go, I was wrong. Yeah, no, that, you're very, very good at that, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got one for you. So there is this uh, concept in communication, right? Because actually everything around judgments is about communication. Sometimes it's verbal, sometimes it's nonverbal. And there's this concept that you cannot put water in a full glass. So the the more... She's just so smart, (laughs) it hurts me. The more that's in the brain, the more full it is, the more busy and chattery it is, the less that you can input information. Because there's nowhere to put it. Yeah. To the extent, and this is a true story, I once told one of my best friends, I said to them, uh, I'm at the absolute breaking point Mm. with business. Um, I think we're going to have to fold it with one of our businesses. I think I'm going to have to fold it. And she she said, okay, okay. And we were in the park at the time and uh, she never she never asked me about it she never said what's wrong how's it how's it going she never followed up then she you ne- found out no 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 she never followed up she she never uh, said how are things going how's the the folding nothing 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 and I said to her about three or four weeks later I said do you remember the conversation we had in the park where I said I was going to have to close the business and she said no I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at my absolute lowest ebb. I'm going through hell right now. And she said, I didn't even hear it. Wow, there you go. So her brain was too full of her own shit mm-hmm. to find a little spot to put my shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a big part of the judgments we make because we've nowhere to put the information. There's, a, there's a, a more callous version of that, which is in social situations, say media social situations, I have been in rooms where a, a star fucker 
sees you, looks over your shoulder and sees someone else and just goes straight past you, right? Mm. And I've seen it loads of times. I've seen people turn So you're prioritising. They just prioritise theirs, whoever they need to talk to. And and it, I'm sure it happens in every business. It's not just media. I'm sure it's a network. In every, in every social situation, I think and people make decisions. And it's a real skill to not do that. Yeah. Don't do that because that person will be remembered and it'll be their after dinner story for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know. Oh, do you know what? Here's a really good one. We were, <laughs> myself and Dave are coming uh, back from uh, uh, Inishman, and we I mean, were. I know her diary. <laughs> we were coming through Spittle. That's the ambassador's wife. <laughs> <laughs> coming through Spittle, and uh, Dave was driving, and the next thing, about two hours later, I got a DM on Instagram from a woman saying, um, uh, "Love the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, blah 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 blah." gushing da 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 and also your husband let me out at a junction in Spiddle and I spotted you in the front seat there you go now on another day Dave <laughs> <laughs> you could have cut her into ribbons so I'm just glad but there's the thing like, so that woman lovely woman made a positive judgement on my situation because my husband was nice enough to let her out at a junction if he'd cut her out it would have been a different judgment. Yeah. Now, this leads me to my very quick story about a similar thing, but in reverse happened to me. I was coming down from walk, walking the dog in the in my white 4x4 Volvo with my little dog in the back and Adam in the thing. And I'm driving along and I'm driving past the new criminal courts, which is very fancy. Mm-hmm. And it's a big wide road there. And this guy in a builder's van did a huge U-turn in right in front of the traffic, right in front of me and nearly caused me to have to move out of the way. He did a completely illegal U-turn. And I beeped and he gave me the fingers out the side of his window. He took to Twitter and said, uh, looking for Brendan Courtney and his big wife van, blowing hard working uh, tradesmen off the road, blah, blah, blah. And a load of people came on under supporting him. So I went, should I just send my dash cam, cam my dash cam video camera to the police now? Because you know, that's not what happened. You did a U-turn. But anyway, he deleted his comment and a friend underneath wrote, ah, you shit in the bed. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> so, I have dash cam. Don't mess with me. I don't have dash cam. <laughs> That it worked. <laughs> I have a boyfriend with an iPhone <laughs> that we call Dashcam. <laughs> yeah, Dashcam. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>